You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Whether you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox or a daughter who wants to connect with her dad, or even a mom who wants to support your daughter's relationship with her father, you're invited to join the conversation today. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dad Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, and I'm so excited you're joining me here again today, especially if you're a dad of a daughter who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. But what I love is that so many dads say that these things also apply to their relationships with their sons. So, Dad, put your seatbelt on because today we're going to be talking about all things dads and daughters. And if you've listened before, you already know the grid, but let me review it. This is the template that guides our conversation, which is just on your mark, get set, go. Dad, I want you to envision yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach. I'm cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set is we're going to fill that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your sons and your daughters into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach. You are going to love this man because he has a heart of gold and he's been through the fire and he's come out the other side because that's how gold is shaped and refined, isn't it? That's how the dross is pulled off the top and none of us like going through it, but boy, do we have a story and a testimony on the other side. So my guest is Randy Hartley. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where he's been a financial planner for 38 years. He's married to Darla, and they have three children, two daughters and a son. He serves as chairman of Legacy Mission Village, a refugee services ministry based in Nashville. And we have a mutual love for Rwanda. My honorary daughter is married to a Rwandan, and they just had their first baby. So I love that we share that passion. And he's helped thousands of refugees. Randy is also a dad who learned firsthand that even though most fathers would do anything in your power to keep your daughter safe, unfortunately, you can't always do that. And when Randy discovered that his teenage daughter was a victim of sexual assault and she did not reveal that truth until it was almost too late, he was catapulted into a season that no dad or daughter would ever want to go through. And Randy has written a new book about that story and about what God has done in his life that's also a feature film by the same name, which is simply called Beautifully Broken, the story of two fathers fighting to save their families and the unlikely journey that changed them both. Welcome, Randy Hartley. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for that kind introduction. Well, I'm glad you're here. And we are going to talk about some tough stuff today, but what I appreciate, Randy, is that you're willing to go there with me. Yeah, a absolutely. I tell people all the time, if the name of my book was Broken, I wouldn't want to share my story, but it's beautifully broken, and it shows how God can redeem us and pull any story back together and put those pieces back together. Okay, come on. If that's the only thing people hear today, that right there is something they can take to the bank, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we told the story is, is that, you know, it's a dark journey. We'll talk more about it, but... Um, I want people to know that there is another side, no matter how dark and deep that valley is, yeah. there is another side to it. That is so good. Well, on your mark today is how a father fought for his sexually assaulted daughter. 
And I know there's a lot of dads based on statistics that are in the same boat that you've been in. And I don't know of many what I'll call playbooks that tell dads how to work through that on their end. And that's what I love today is that you're willing to go there. So get set. Here's my first question. (laughs) Okay, Randy, that intro, obviously, that I just read has everyone asking, me asking, what happened? Tell us the story sure. of what happened to your daughter. Yep. Well, I will tell you, I thought I was a dad living the American dream. We're in the suburbs. I had three kids, the dog, the wife. Life was great. Doing everything I can as a dad to protect and provide for my family. Um, but what I learned, unfortunately, is that evil can find you anywhere, and you mm. better be prepared for it. Um, you know, when my daughter was 12, the summer she was turning 13, she and some friends wanted to go to a 4th of July event in our hometown, very safe, nice neighborhood. And for the first time, they wanted to go alone. So I dropped them off, give them their independence. and Yeah, almost a teenager. Yeah, She's absolutely. Some yeah, sure, give them some space. So yeah. we dropped them off at a park at a 4th of July event, picked them up that night, and never knew anything happened. And hmm. unfortunately, didn't know for four years what had happened. And um, unfortunately, my daughter was uh, met some older guys. Uh, I don't know the exact details, but... Sometime during the event, they, you know, one of them had just molested her. And um, we didn't know that until her life had taken a left-hand turn. As she got into her young teens and older, she started going down the ways that no parent wants a child to go. I'm talking about drugs and alcohol and just rebellion. and yeah. Clearly uh, numbing the pain. Absolutely. And going. And had told no one? Had told no one. Not even the, the friends that night knew, but I imagine no, no, they no, didn't Nobody knew. She, got, she was separated from them. And oh, so okay. nobody knew. And I was a dad desperate to find an answer and, and to solve my daughter's issues. But nothing issues. was making sense. Nothing Why would she was have making al- sense. already, all of a sudden, you know, and right. done this left turn? And I have to say, I had an older daughter. She has an older sister. And so I don't know any dad who has not raised a daughter through her teen years who hadn't looked at her from time to time and thought, who are you? <laughs> right, right. But clearly with Andrea, it was different. Okay. It was getting much, much worse. And we were at a loss as to figure out what was going on. Till one weekend, after many events, she just disappeared. And she left on a Friday night, and we couldn't find her. And Still gets as a dad, now. oh, it yeah. just gets me now. Yeah. But as a dad, driving around at night, 2, 3 in the morning, trying to find your daughter, that is a nightmare. Yeah. And we were living that nightmare until Sunday. I had texted and called 100 times. And the 101st time I texted her, I said, honey, please come home. We know you need help. Hmm. Let mom and I help you. Hmm. And God knows why. She turned her phone back on and she immediately replied and she said, you're right. I do need help. I'm coming home. Oh, my goodness. And so we brought her home and we put her into a 30-day kind of rehab type center just to try to figure out what's going on. And about the third week, we went out to meet with the counselors like we've done multiple times each week trying to repair what was happening. And we walked into the counselor's office and she said, your daughter has a letter. And I've talked about this 100, 200 times, and it still gets just because yeah. as a dad, you know, my job was to provide and protect the family. Right. But she handed us a letter. And, and she's 16 now. She's 16 now, okay. having gone through this for okay. four years. And the letter said, when I was 12 at a Fourth of July event, I was molested. Uh, and it almost became a blur after that. And she couldn't say it she to you, but say she it. could write it in a right. letter. She could write it in a letter. And what was almost more crushing than that was she said she didn't tell mom and me because she didn't want to hurt us. Oh. And I thought, what 12-year-old girl 
should have to hold on to that pain, that acid that just eat her alive for four years because she didn't want to hurt us. But her initial fear was she would get in trouble. And Uh I thought I had raised a family that was open and caring enough that Uh I would have said, there's no way my daughter would come to me and say something if something happened. But I think looking back, I wasn't explicit enough to let my kids know that my love is unconditional. That no matter what happens, you can come and that love is unconditional. There's nothing you can say that's going to break that bond. And you know what I want to add here is, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Randy, but I've been in private practice as a clinician, a a counselor, a psychologist for for 27 years now. And what I would say to those listening from this vantage point, not only as a sexual abuse survivor myself that appreciates you calling that evil, by the way, yes, because that is what that act is. And also then with my clinical hat is saying, dad, did you hear what Randy said is that he thought his daughter could have talked with him. He had said, you can come to me anytime, but if your daughter takes a sudden left turn and you're like, something's going on here and it's rebellion, I would say 99% of the time that's to numb some pain. It's something's happened when your daughter changes real quickly. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to do what they did at the treatment center. Ask your daughter to write it. Yes. Uh, I've had so many women I've counseled, young women, older women that say, I I just can't face my dad. Mm-hmm. I can't handle the disappointment in his eyes. It, it's too much for me because I can hardly sit with it myself. That might be the action step that a dad needs to hear today yeah. is that you could say, honey, write it out. Right. And I agree with that wholeheartedly because the other thing about writing is it lets you get the full thought done before the flood of emotion takes over from it. Yeah, well said. And and we did have that flood of emotion, but in a strange way, it at least gave us a foundation to know where to build back from. Right. And and if you don't mind me saying, I'll tell you one thing that I really learned from this is... That's actually what I was going to ask you next, is what impact did this have on you and what have you learned? Well, what I definitely learned is that for anybody who's molested or goes through trauma, but I think particularly a preteen girl... Yeah. What we discovered is that just destroyed whatever self-worth and self-esteem she had. Yes. And and she said later, later when she was in full recovery that um, she thought her die had been cast, that that's it, I'm a bad girl, even right. though she did absolutely nothing wrong. And so she had no self-worth and self-esteem, and she began to treat herself as she was worthless by yeah. doing worthless things like exactly. the drugs and the alcohol and the numbing. Um, but the other thing I'll say is that darkness, by keeping it quiet— that's where that evil wants you. That's where shame is a bridesmaid of evil. And it wants you to stay in that darkness because then you begin to believe the lies mm-hmm. that I'm worthless, that I have nothing to give and those yeah. things. And, yeah. and that's the saddest part. And that's, that's why it is, it is pure evil yes. to trap anyone, much less a teenager, to think they have no worth and nothing to give. But thankfully, we found a path for my daughter to come out of that. And yeah. And the other thing I'll add which may not add much, but it'll add a little, maybe a little cherry on the top it, to, of understanding is that when something quote unquote bad happens to, to a woman, and again, like I said, I'm speaking from experience this, on this. I have a sister actually who was raped mm-hmm. in college. And my dad literally, I remember then said, it's a good thing I don't live in that city. I want to get on a plane right now and with a shotgun, blow the guy's head off. We're like, dad, we don't need you in prison, like on top of this trauma, but right. Something rises up in a dad. So we're calling it what it is today, pure evil. But what it does back to what I was going to say is 
in the core of a woman, when something bad happens, we're not saying it that way to ourselves. Is that was a really bad thing? It's I'm now bad. Amen. It's not something bad happened to me. It's I am Absolutely. bad. I've internalized this message, and then it's easier to hurt oneself because mine came through an eating disorder because yep. it's like unconsciously I gained weight to shield myself. I think from being desirable mm-hmm. to a man, I never knew that consciously, but I was a Christian. So I wasn't going to drink. I wasn't going right. to do drugs to numb. So food became my numbing thing. Yes. And so there are so many women that I know that I've counseled and walked alongside who have moved more into that side of an addiction or self harm. Right. Of not knowing what to do. So can you say more, Randy, then about the impact when she was 16, you find out she's been raped. Right. What impact that had on you? Right. Well, I will tell you, I don't think I really fully understood the impact it had on me until our journey went. Because I thought she and I went on a journey to heal her. Ah. And what I discovered, it was a journey that healed us. It, It healed the family because the family's damaged at that same time. Say and, that. And, say more about that. Yeah. How is a family damaged sure. when one daughter is sexually assaulted? Well, in her rebellion and in, in her fight against the mother and I, it puts incredible stress on the entire family dynamic. The siblings, the parents, everybody's looking for what went wrong, what didn't I do, what can I do better. And you spend so much emotional energy on that one child that we all have just... X amount of emotional energy. When it all gets plowed into one, what you discover is you don't have that same emotional energy for your spouse, mm-hmm. for your other children. It really does suck up the air of it. And, and that's a secondary um, issue created by right. this same pain. And so the healing process isn't just the daughter. It's not just the dad and the daughter. It's the family and, and the work it takes to get the family dynamics back in the shape that it needs to be. So and I think that's important for people to understand. Right. So how did you as a dad, I imagine, right. you know, how did you face your own emotional yeah. pain? I imagine anger, like I just talked oh, about my dad. Doubt. I want to get yeah. on a plane now and take care of this myself. The sadness and yeah. the grief. How did you do yeah. that work yourself? Well, I will say two things about that. Number one, I was glad to know, I, we, we don't know who the perpetrator was because it was four years later when we found out. And I almost say that was God protecting me because we're supposed to forgive. And I wasn't in a position at that time, I don't think, to be able to do that. And I almost think it was literally God mm. not asking me yet mm-hmm. to forgive somebody. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Um, the second thing is I'm a doer. I'm a fixer. I would like to roll my sleeves up in Probably for the first time I can really remember, it was like, God, I can't, I don't know. I can't do this. Yeah, there's no playbook for right. this. No I playbook. have no idea what I'm doing. And so part of it is just surrendering to God and his message and what he'll do. And our situation was kind of unique, and I think that's where the, the book came in, and that is in the middle of exasperation, after we discover what the problem was and feeling like we're making advancement, but the other thing to keep in mind is it's not like you find out the problem, you find a cure, and it's smooth sailing from then on. The analogy I use is like alcoholism. If you admit you're an alcoholic, it doesn't mean you're immediately free of your problems. You at least have a base to build from. And so while we were working on that base, it was definitely a two-step forward, one-step back. There was a lot of communication and family issues to fix. And I came home one day in the midst of complete frustration. And when I was there, I picked up a letter, and it was the letter from the pen pal, the, the compassion girl, the same age as my daughter, who through all her pain, she continued to keep this relationship 
And I thought, that's it. I'm taking my daughter to Rwanda. Okay, well, we're going to get into that part of the story in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. I'm so glad that Randy is willing to share about the heartache that he's been through, the heartbreak with his daughter, and come out the other end, which, dads, this is a story of hope and redemption. And you're going to be encouraged. Stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, here talking with my new friend, Randy Hartley, author of a new book, Beautifully Broken, the story of two fathers fighting to save their families and the unlikely journey that changed them both. It is also a new motion picture. This is a story that we know is going to be touching millions of people around the world. And before Randy segues now into talking about how his daughter really came alive again, and work through her healing and her sexual assault. I want to ask you, Randy, one more specific question. As a dad, how did you work through anger, sadness, and grief? Well, I'm glad you asked that because, as I mentioned earlier, the whole family had to be healed. And so we got active in counseling. So Andrea had her own counseling. Okay. But we also did family counseling together. And my wife and I did counseling together just to understand how damaged we had all become through the four years of fighting Mm. a child who was rebelling and doing the things that that we don't want her to do. And and in that process, I learned um, to be open. One of the things I think is important, too, is I thought some of the best advice we got was don't ask Andrea about the specific assault. You can ask her how she feels. You can ask her how to help. But they said don't ask about the assault because that, that implies that those facts matter. And what oh. the counselors told us is, is it doesn't matter. If she wants to reveal facts, she will. And four or five, six years later, she did. But I thought it was good because your natural reaction was who was it? Where was it? How did it happen? What happened? Mm-hmm. Those are all the things as a dad. I want to get these facts so I can go oh. attack something. Yeah. And what I was told is, no, let her come to you about those specific facts. Uh-huh. Because if you try to drill into that, it's somehow trying to assess blame. And the last thing she needs to feel is anybody's assessing blame. The answer is, it doesn't matter what happened. We love you. We want to support you. We want to move forward. And I thought that was very valuable because it went against what I would have, my natural reaction would have been. Did you cry a lot? Did you get angry a lot? Oh, yes. What'd you do with your anger? Well, you just get busy. I mean, I, I, you know, you dive into the job, the job, but you also dive into your kids. You try to make sure you're connected. You try to, with all three of them, 
Um, did you just ever be become a journaler? Or was that not really? <laughs> Most not me. Men my don't wife like did. That. Yeah, my okay. wife journaled, but but, but, but we we're talked talking a lot. To men. Yes, we so, talked a lot. To me, and that's it. Yeah, we talking. guys internalize, and in that internalization process, we don't realize the walls and the things we're building ourselves. And so, by talking a lot, talking to my wife a lot, mm-hmm. what you don't realize too, I mentioned earlier, yeah. when we put all that energy in this daughter. We don't have the time for our spouse. And so talking with the spouse, understanding the spouse. Um, and how became, they're responding yes, and how we're to both all of responding. this that you didn't yes. talk about. Yes. When you didn't have words or space yes. or encouragement exactly. or support. Or support. You know, and you're feeling like you've messed up yourselves because how could we be, right, be good so parents? All that if we guilt all that shame guilt on yourself and shame. that your daughter's feeling. Exactly. So do you guys hear this? Is Randy is saying... When one member of the family is hurting, the whole family system is hurting. So you are wise to attend to the whole system. Yes. And yes. to, which happens physically, doesn't it? Oh, we can it, get the flu, your whole system absolutely. shuts down, or you get right. cancer. The whole system is affected, and you have to work really as a family system in now, order to heal. And the other thing is sometimes I think for me, yeah, I never won't admit I need help. And I frankly didn't know the amount of help I needed. Okay. So go to family counseling. Go to counseling not just with the child but with the spouse so you can kind of peel away the walls that have been built up for four years and get back to yeah. being a good, healthy, interactive yeah. family. Well, and I'm telling you, you won't realize how how impacted everyone has been until you go to counseling. I can't stress that enough. Well, and the other thing, too, is I think about myself as a sexual abuse survivor, is even to this day, you know, my dad is 83, there's still things we haven't talked about. Yeah. Because I can tell he doesn't have a capacity for yeah. it. And and so I modify it for what I think he can handle. Yep. But at the end of the day, I wish I could talk to him more. So dads, Amen. if you take the lead saying, okay, I want to talk, but I don't know what to say. Okay, I'm not just trying to promote my book, but the last one, Let's Talk. Yeah. You know, look at, I yes. didn't even say, uh, hey, uh, talk about talking. Yeah. But we're on the same yes. page here saying if you want to work through trauma, it involves talking. And actually, I won't go into neuroscience, but we're moving memory from our, our you know, traumatic memory storage place in our brain to where we have narrative memory. The more we narrate and tell a story, it literally moves inside of us in where it's held. And then you add in support from other people because there's this belief people aren't safe. I don't know who to trust. But really, when it comes down to talking, Dad, that's why I wrote yes, this book. Right. Because I've got scripts in there. You can even go to my website, drmichellewatson.com, yep. free resources on how to talk with your daughter about being sexually assaulted. So if you don't know what to say or ask, right. I've got a script for you, and then you can't do it wrong. If she hates it, yeah. you just blame me. Yeah, well, and Michelle, I will tell you, the main thing is just to be a listener, not a talker anyway. Okay, come on. It is just so that you let your daughter know that you're there for her, yeah. that it's unconditional, the love that you have, and it's more important to listen than to talk. Okay, I love that you say yes. you got two ears and one mouth for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. I think you have a two-to-one ratio without yes, a doubt. absolutely. And then if you do want to say something, ask permission first. It, yes. Because when your daughter has been violated, there was force yes. for evil. Yes. And you may think in forcefully, quote-unquote, you don't call it that. I just want to know questions. I'm just right. drilling her with right. to show her that I'm here. Yeah. She may may i can't say will Mm -hmm. but may interpret that as force yes and so the more you can be aware of that and soften it 
pace with her, yep. it's going to make a difference. Okay. And that's why, by the way, that's why as dads we need counseling because it goes counter to our my intuition anyway. I think most men. Yeah, I well want to said. dive in, ask questions, solve problems. And it's my time to be quiet, let her talk. And show love and more pace with and her. pace with her. Pace with her. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is such yes. a rich conversation. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, yeah. today we were talking about how a father fought for his sexually assaulted daughter. Right. So, Randy, now I want to hear about yeah. where your daughter found healing. Well, and, and that I thought was important because it was revolutionary to me as well. I, you know, I was going to take her to Rwanda to meet the girl that we sponsored, thinking if I get her thinking about how fortunate she is and how bad people have uh, elsewhere, she might view herself better. That was a horrible, naive way of viewing it. But God knew why we were going, and it wasn't the reasons I thought. Uh-huh. But before we went. And she was how old when you she took was her the first time? She so was, was 16. right then after she got oh, out right of treatment. Oh, right afterwards. Right after treatment. Okay. We got that letter. I was frustrated. And I said, we're going to go to Rwanda. And she was excited about that. Yeah. And I wanted her to have something to look forward to. But I said, before you go, you have to pay for the trip. And she said, how am I going to do that? And I said, Legacy Mission Village, which we talk about in Beautifully Broken. Uh-huh. Our friend from Rwanda who guided us there has started a refugee ministry. And I said, I want you to go volunteer there because I want you to see the people that we're going to go see and right. kind of learn more about the circumstance. Again, God knew why she was going. I didn't. Yeah. The first day she went, it was because I made her. And the next thousand days she went, it's because she loved it. And here's what she told One me. One day is all it took. Because here's what she said. We mentioned earlier how she viewed herself as worthless. And mm-hmm. as a parent, you can pour all the love you want into it. But I think kids say you're saying that because you're supposed to. Yeah. And it's like water through a sieve. What she said is when I started volunteering and those kids came up to me every day and said, Miss Andrew, we love you. We're glad you're here. That's what made her start realizing, you know what? I do have worth. I've got something to give. How could I be worthless if these kids love me and want me here every day? And I'm making a difference. And I'm making a difference. And so I am evangelical about one of the ways to repair from trauma and negative self-esteem is to reach outside yourself. Because when you start volunteering and helping others... I think nothing builds self-esteem like making that kind of difference. And and I'm so evangelical about it. I say helping others not only leads to healing, it's the glue that can help put those broken ah. pieces back together. And you know what I encourage dads to do is to volunteer with Amen. their daughter. Absolutely. It's it, not just send her, yes. but you brought her into a, a ministry that you yes. already loved and were Absolutely. a part of. Right. And so you model for them. I mean, yes. one of the things... It's better than to tell them is to model for them. And so that modeling of volunteering and helping others and seeing the joy I got from it got her enthusiastic to go do it herself. And it's that modeling, not telling but modeling, you know, as you say, don't yes. don't do as I say, do as I do. It works yeah. in reverse. You know, if you do it, you don't have to say it. So what changes? Say more about yes. what you saw happen in your daughter through A- that absolutely. process. Well, I will tell you, my friend William Mazzaro, who ran it, said it best maybe. They had a lot of volunteers come and go. But she said, I've never seen a volunteer connect to these kids who'd been through their own trauma, yes. having escaped genocide, having escaped uh, and moved here, having lived in refugee camps for, for their entire lives. Yeah. He said there was something about their mutual pain that connected them that, that really made them go. And I think it made my daughter appreciate the kids. And while they didn't know what happened to her, they didn't know anything happened to her, yeah. she could really connect to them. And it really gave her a purpose. In fact, her senior year in high school, she stopped cheerleading for the first time in six years and volunteered four days a week at Legacy and kept bringing <laughs> friends because she got so much out of that 
of that system. Wow. So much so, by the way, when she went to college, she majored in international studies, learned Swahili, and moved to Kenya and got into a mission work for seven years. I was just going to ask you, yes. where is she now? Yeah. So she is in Kenya, and, and she's actually coming home in a week. But I will tell you, if you don't think God can work miracles— Look at my daughter today, and my daughter's a 16-year-old, Yes, and only God can and make that kind of And how old is she now? Difference. So she's 29 now. 29. She's 29 now. And it's uh, as a dad, I will tell you, dads, as painful as the process is, there is no greater joy than to see your daughter come back and just make the difference that she's making. And, and that's why the name of the book is Beautifully Broken. As I said, if it was broken, I would hide it. Yeah. But it's beautifully broken because in our society— Here's the other thing. We all try to hide our scars. We're supposed to put nothing but happiness on Facebook and social media and at, at yeah. parties and all. But the realization I got is that everybody has these scars. Yeah. And if we don't talk about them, everyone goes through the journey alone. Yeah. And I'm reminded of the Bible that after the crucifixion, when Jesus rose again and met his disciples, what's the first thing he did? Is he showed them his scars. Yeah. Not to remind them of the pain but to tell them of the victory over it. Come on. And yep. so my book is not to, so people know that my family went through pain. It's not to know that yes. my friends, the Mazeras, went through pain of the genocide. It's to show them that there's victory over it. And yes. I'm telling you, being a Christian is a great way because, you, you know, one thing about being a Christian, a Christian doesn't protect you from harm. Exactly. It doesn't protect you from having to go through the journeys of darkness. In yep. fact, if you look exactly. at the Bible, some of the main stories are people who went through incredible darkness. They're my favorites, by Yes, the way, absolutely. Honestly. But what being a Christian promises is that God will be with you every step of the way. Even when you think he's not there, Walking he's probably... through the valley of exactly. the shadow of death, He's not probably laying that trail before you. Yes. And I think of our stuff. We went to an Amy Grant concert 10 years before my trip to, to Rwanda, and that's where we picked up Amahosa, the little girl that we met. And 10 years later, that was the seed that was planted to lead us through wow. there that really created the transformation. Wow. So just like my Heavenly Father doesn't protect me from pain, as a father, I couldn't protect my daughter from pain. Right. But just like our Heavenly Father can help lead us out, that's the dad's duty is to help stand by your daughter to lead her out of that pain. And some of it is doing your own work, doing, doing your work absolutely. on your marriage and, doing your, and leading in family work. And I think Amen. the other thing I want to highlight before we're done, Randy, is that in hearing that your daughter's pain had actually been what qualified her in a way yeah. to minister to children who have similar levels of deep pain. Right. And I think about the work that I've done now for 27 years as a counselor walking alongside people. I know that I know that I know yes. that I would not be qualified right. to do this work had I not had such a deep carving out of, of pain. Amen to that. And it, but too many of us stay stuck yes. in that part of the right. story and don't know how to move out of it. And that's where I think yeah. you and I are, right. are, are kind of saying the same thing is, okay, if you're a dad that is hurting now because your daughter is in the broken part of her right. story, not the beautiful part, right. remember, be encouraged that, that God is writing a story and you're you're in the middle of the 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 tough part of it, the dark part of Middle Earth, and don't give up, because right. God has stuff He wants to do in and through you that yes. can only happen in the valleys to yes. then then come out the other side. M Michelle, it's like you read my book because I tell people all the time you're only in the middle of a chapter. 
Yes. But the end of the book hadn't been written. And so if you're in, you know, if you're a victim, yeah. the title of the book can be victory. Yes. The chapter might be victim, but the book can be victory. If yeah. you're in the middle of a mess, yeah. that mess is a chapter, but your message doesn't have to be there. Totally. And, and the other thing I like to say is you hit it nail on the head. My friend, Bradley Mozero says all the time, let your pain become your passion. Yeah. And the way they use their pain of the genocide to serve refugees, the way my daughter took her pain and that qualified her to make it her passion to serve others. And, and yeah. I have to say, my pain is giving me the passion yes. to write the book Beautifully Broken, to be an executive producer of a movie. I get no greater joy than when someone says, your story touched me and it made a difference. Mm, and so for everyone so out cool. there, you're in the middle of a chapter, but bundle that pain and it can be the fuel for your passion moving forward. Okay, I got one last question for you, Randy. I end every show with a go step. So, right, dads can yes. put their love for their right. daughters into action. So could you give dads listening who may be where you were right. back when your daughter was between 12 and 16, one or two practical things that you would either tell a dad to do or maybe even not to do if he wants to fight for his daughter right. if she's been sexually assaulted? Sure. Where does he start? One or two things. Well, I'd say the first thing is where we started. Make it explicitly clear, not innuendo, but explicitly clear. Tell them that your love is unconditional for them that there's nothing they can ever do that will ever break those bounds. There's nothing they can ever say that will sever that unconditional love awesome. and make it safe for them to talk to you. And then practice talking to them. You know, a lot of times the dads, a kid starts talking and we give advice. Sometimes yeah. the best thing to do is not give advice, yeah. but just to ask more questions and listen. And if you'll make it unconditionally safe yes. for them to come yes. to you and then give them opportunities to yeah. talk, the first time they talk, it may not be that deep-rooted thing, yeah. but the more they see that's a safe place, the more likely yeah. they are to come to you with what it is that you as a dad can then work to build back together. Well, I love that you said all that because it's now like you've read my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that. So, right. Oh, my goodness, Randy. It has been such a joy to have you here today. On Your Mark has been How a Father Fought for His Sexually Assaulted Daughter. I've been talking to and you've been listening to Randy Hartley author of the book, Beautifully Broken, and a movie by the same name. Subtitle is great. A story of two fathers who fought, right, to save their families. Yes. And this is a dad who has fought to invest in his daughter's life at a cost to himself. Well, between today and next time, I trust that you'll take his words to heart and really be encouraged. Well, as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. You can also see that there's a link where you can find my books. Dad, here's what I really need from you. A guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters. You can also subscribe to the Dad Whisper podcast on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so good today to be with all of you and to be here with my friend Randy. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads! Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. If you're looking for more resources to support the father-daughter relationship, or if you want to connect personally with Dr. Michelle, you can find all the information you need at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. And remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. 
Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.